0: Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. Habs Unfiltered is featured on The Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio. This podcast brings you honest and in-depth hockey discussion and entertainment. Our hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Padve are proud to be one of your trusted sources for Habs and hockey news. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 152, the ole, ole, ole episode. I'm your host, Blaine Pudney, and I'm joined now by my co-host, Treg Wilson. Good evening. And Matt Smith. Good evening. So, the Canadians were supposed to have been swept in three games and then surrender for the fourth, have now turned this shit around and turned it into... A seven game series, as somebody here had predicted.
1: You did. You did. You and Eric Engels, I think, are the only people in the history of predictions this year that predicted seven
0: games. Yes. Yes. So the Canadians have turned it into a one game playoff where anything can happen. <clears throat> so we'll talk about game six, the ups, the downs. The lack of ice time for certain players for some unknown reason. Maybe the possibility we see Romanov for game seven. Yeah, probably not. Uh, anyway. So, uh, all right. Baby gap. I mean, uh, Treg, what did you see in that first period that you enjoyed?
1: Uh, just the intensity of the, the Canadians, man. They, they controlled the play. They, uh, did everything, but put the puck in the net. Um, I thought they played great in the first period. I thought it was one of their better periods in the uh, playoffs. Um, they just kept rolling the lines and putting it to it. Uh, Duchar made uh, good decisions on his line line uh, changes and uh, his matchups. And, uh, yeah, Habs did everything right except – but but I'll give credit where credit is due. Campbell played a good game. Campbell made some big stops. So, yeah, he made
0: some really nice saves in um, the first period. And, uh, yeah,
1: that's what I seen in the first period. I seen exactly what I wanted to see up the goals
0: i was i was uh, pushing when the canadians were down 3-1 i was really pushing it so that they can win a game just to have a game in front of the fans for game six they did that they they won in overtime in game five to make this game happen and of course people were saying people in, out of ontario were saying Ah, eh, having fans there that's not a big deal no uh, whatever but when when you've gone 480 some odd days almost 15 months without fans in a stadium the first game with actual fans in canada for a hockey game in montreal in a playoff game against the storied rival you know that those fans even though there's only 2500 are going to be crazy loud and it seemed to really push the canadians they they came out flying so Matt, what what about you? What did you think of that first period?
2: I was saying the same thing as Trig. Uh, I think they came out flying, and I, I think they really used the fans uh, to their advantage. Um, yeah, as you said, there's twenty five hundred people there, most of them being Habs fans. As we saw, there were uh, quite a few Leafs fans, which would have been the same thing as if it would have been in Toronto. You would have saw your handful of Montreal fans. Um, yeah, I think they uh, I think they controlled the the majority of the play. I think they uh, they were hard on the puck. They were getting pucks on net. Um, they were hired on the, uh, on the penalty kill as well, especially early on. And, uh, I, I really think that, um, personally, I, I, I thought that they, uh, they had a fantastic period and that, uh, that could roll over to the rest of the game. Um, big, big contributions from, uh, from, uh, from, from, from uh, guys like Evans, uh, early on in the game.
0: See, now, now I wanted to talk about Evans a little bit. Uh, he took over Tatar's to spot on that line with uh, Gallagher and uh, Dano. and in the first two periods, that line was just flying. Denno, at after uh, up to at the second intermission, had about a sixty-eight percent faceoff rate, and it was, re- and even though they didn't get any goals, they did extremely well in shutting down the Leafs' top offensive weapons. Matthews and Marner were kept silent all night. They threw Nylander on that line, trying to outmatch the Canadians on there, but they couldn't. And I think it has a lot to do with the energy and speed that Evans brought to that line. He, The only, uh,
2: the only player that played more than Evans was to Yeah. That's saying now, something. That's saying something.
0: And Tatar wasn't bringing that kind of energy. He was... He was very lethargic, I guess. I mean, he was sitting back a lot. Evans was pushing the play. He was going he was using his foot speed. He was he's a very smart player even though he's a rookie. He knows where he needs to go. He knows what he needs to do. And he did it. He brought the energy they needed and, and it paid off for that line tonight.
1: Yeah, Evans was night and day for what Tatar was bringing to that line. Um, that line still didn't score, but at least they were creating offense and creating chances. Uh, actually, Deneau almost scored the first goal of the game, uh, but uh,
0: Campbell came up big on a, on a nice save. Yeah, and then Stahl got robbed. Campbell with the two-pad stack. You, you know, we can hate, you can hate the Leafs all you want, but that effort by Campbell tonight, you have to give him credit. He was excellent.
2: He did play. He did play a good game, and I'm just gonna. I'm gonna see if uh, I watch the um, the interview later on to see if he takes the blame for it like he usually does. He definitely. He definitely shouldn't. He definitely. Uh, he definitely played a hard game tonight, and it, it definitely wasn't on him.
0: Well, we've covered no, enough he... of the Leafs in this show. I mean, <clears throat> Sportsnet does enough of it for uh, for them. <laughs> uh, if if you were watching Sportsnet, uh, you could be excused for not understanding that there were a second team in this game because all they did was just they, they revved up that leaf blower and they were giving Matthews everything they could. They stretching. Oh my God. Uh, they, they had to go and find something he was leading his team in. And apparently it was blocked shots at two.
2: Tied was to know.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't think uh, he'd be leading that anymore. I think, uh, the D, um, uh, the Leafs D was blocking a lot of shots. I mean, both teams were. Both sides were. Uh, Perry took a couple off the hand, and Schrott made a couple of good blocks. Uh,
0: yeah, Perry was a gamer tonight, he was. scoring that first goal on the power play. And we're going to get into the power play here in a little bit. But scoring that first goal on the power play, blocked the shot with his hand twice. You saw him on the bench. He had that thing wrapped up with ice in between shifts. Like the guy was, he was a he was a warrior in this game. He. This is where the experience of bringing in cup winners started to pay off.
2: That's why they brought him in for, That's for moments like, for moment in. for moments like this.
0: Now I think that
1: mine has been playing well, this whole series, that Perry stall and Armia. Armia now was yeah. Anderson yeah. to start, yeah. but uh, I think, I think they've been playing well considering what they're out there for.
0: Or they're there to eat up some minutes and kind of play heavy hockey. And the Canadians tonight, played heavy hockey they finished all their checks they were on the four check hard using their speed finished the check on the four check you can you can see that the defenders were were rushing their plays in the first two periods they would rush plays to reverse it the other way to try and avoid getting hit the canadians were reading it well they did not capitalize in those two first periods uh the canadians could have easily after having a um they had an expected goals for of around seventy-five in the first two periods. They should have been up four nothing. If you have numbers like that, you should be leading by a few goals. But Campbell did. Campbell kept them in. Now, let's talk about the special teams. The Canadian special teams tonight showed up. The penalty kill was uh, was perfect. It uh, it killed off some some hard penalties that puck over the glass one. That's normally like you said, Matt, it's, that's a a backbreaker, but they killed that off. They killed off the slashes and the random trips minute into a game. Um, But it's the power play.
1: The, the holding the stick, even though you were hooked. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, But that was Matthews's stick. So you're not allowed to touch that, but it's the power play. Up until tonight, the, uh, the Canadians penalty kill was outscoring their power play, but tonight the power play led the way. See, uh, as we mentioned in our last episode with Lyle Richardson, the power play is not why they've been losing, but it could be a reason to, it could be the tool to help you win. And tonight it was scoring two goals, Perry's first goal and to with the second goal, his first of the playoffs. Now, I want to hear what you guys have to think about that. Uh, Matt, what about you? what did you see in the power play that you felt it was improved?
2: I think having people in the stands, I think 20, you know, it took about 2,500 people for the, uh, for the power play to get better. Um, you know, it just seems like, uh, like that first one was a little bit of a, uh, was a little bit of flop and it was kind of like, here we go. Let's just, uh, defer as many of these, uh, penalties as we can. Um, but then, uh, then they had a little bit more opportunity. They were moving the puck a lot better. They weren't uh, predictable. It wasn't just let's get it to the same guy that shoots every time and shoot the puck. They were uh, they were crashing the net. They were looking for rebounds. Uh, there was a few quick whistles as we uh, as we uh, we noticed throughout the game,
0: oh, yeah. and
2: um, it, it was it was really all about um, effort level, uh, especially on the Perry goal, and um, I, I, I think they got a little bit. Uh, they got a little bit lucky with that coach's challenge by the Leafs, uh, by the Leafs brass. Um, I don't, I, I honestly don't think that they had a chance of getting that. And if, if Campbell would have shown some effort, I think really that he thought the puck was under his skate or under his pad or something. And that's why maybe he didn't get up in time. If he would have even tried to slide over at all and make any contact with Toffoli, that play would have got um yep. blown back. It would have came back for didn't. sure, but he, he did. didn't but he did. And I'm very happy that the, that the, that the ref saw it that way as well. And, uh, and soon after um, Marner takes a, a puck over glass as well. And Toffoli gets his first as the playoffs um, assisted by Suzuki and Petrie picked up a point, which is the, in six games, the first point by Canadians defenseman. We brought that up in the last show um, that the, you know, the Canadians D had to come to play and I know we're going to get into this later on, but uh you know, this was a big game for the Canadiens' defense.
0: Yeah, that, uh, that goal uh, challenge by the, uh, the Leafs, I think it challenges the, uh, the one the Canadiens made earlier in the series as being one of the dumbest challenges you've ever seen.
1: Well, when you get 10 minutes to make a challenge, you can see it at every yeah, angle and then make right. sure you want to make it. I mean, that was yeah. the longest I've yeah, ever that was, seen them that wait. Was a little, that
2: was a little, much. It was for, a little for, much.
1: For someone to do a challenge. Yeah.
0: Well, they had to make sure to get to the bench and they're they like, you sure you want to, you, you don't want to ask anything. I mean, we're going to have, we're going to have Toronto review it anyway, because we don't want Toronto to lose because of Toronto. So, well, yeah. uh, I, you no, know, what, it was personally, a dumb, 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 Dumb plant to challenge that one.
1: You know what? Toffoli, I think it was Toffoli, was in the crease. Um, yeah, he was, yeah. And I – you know what? I was thinking this is going to be called back simply because Toffoli's in the crease. I agree. Should never have been goalie interference. Toffoli – Yes, he went into the crease with the defenseman, but then the defenseman held him in the crease and Campbell didn't even make any yeah. effort to try Camp, to get all back. All Campbell in the had net. to
2: do is try to sprawl, push. He just literally had to touch him and be yeah. like, "I was reaching for the puck or I was trying to get yeah. into the play." And that would have him back. back 100%. Yeah. yeah. But yeah,
0: uh, but it, this, he didn't.
1: No. And this, the second goal in the power play just to go back to what we were talking about the power play. I thought it was good movement by the puck. They didn't, uh, like Matt, you said, they changed it up a bit. They weren't just perimeter passing. And finally, Suzuki got it to Foley, and he took a good shot and put it in the net. Like, they started actually shooting, and they were putting players in front of the net. That's how you get that scramble in front of Campbell for the first one. Uh, yep. And and that's what they got to start doing.
0: Well, up until the overtime, the Canadians led the game in uh, high danger chances in the slot. They were leading, uh, it was 11 to seven before the overtime and then overtime happened and the Leafs caught up in that aspect but um yeah but the power play was was a weapon tonight and then it put Toronto on its heels a little bit but not for too long because you know they got a couple of lucky bounces to tie the game up but they got those lucky bounces because they were going to the net they were pushing the play the Canadians let themselves get bottled in a little bit because they sat back on the lead, and by going to the net, just putting pucks on net, good things happen, and that's how they got their their two goals.
1: Yeah, I was I was kind of clock watching, and I, the, I was clock watching because I was thinking, all right, when is the lead, when are the leads going to pull Campbell? We're up two nothing. I suspect around the three minute mark is when they're going to start thinking about uh, three four, you know, maybe even four a uh, three minute mark. I think's the best mark. So I was expecting the Canadians to start settling back around the five minute mark, you know, like sit back. All right. They're going to pull the goalie anytime. Now we'll tighten up defensively. And then basically we'll just heist the puck until we put it in the net or whatever. Uh, but instead they just, they pretty much scored the second goal. They had one good shift afterwards where they were in the zone for a bit. And then they just all backed up to the red line every time Toronto got the puck and allowed Toronto to
2: come in and, and, and do their thing. Um yeah. They collapsed too early, too quick, and they had nobody to put an yeah. outlet pass, faster yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, and, and they it, were not—they uh, weren't challenging Toronto in the zone entries. Toronto mm-hmm. had a very easy time getting into the Canadian zone. Yeah. And and, well, that's the, what
1: happens when you play safe. That's what happens when you collapse. And they left you're, their, you're and, allowing and they, them to come in.
2: Yeah, and they let their and they let their they left the points wide open. That's what led to the first. That's and, what led to the second goal. Yeah,
1: and, and that well. Also, a terrible no look backhand pass led to the second goal as That's well on, on the boards. But true, true. I don't but, care. I hate that pass. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the Canadians sitting back and letting things happen, not challenging Toronto. You're, what, what gave them success up to that point was pushing the pace, going at Toronto, attacking their defense, especially a defense that was missing Muzzin after the middle of the second throw pucks into their feet, go right at them. That was the success for the Canadians up till about the 10 minute mark of the third. Then they stopped and Toronto came back in because they were not being challenged. Um, and that's, that's an issue. Also um, Ducharme shortened his bench on the blue line. You'll very, notice that very uh, much so. that Gustafson and Kulak did not touch the ice very much at all if at all in the third and not at all in the overtime with Kulak getting 618 and Gustavsson getting 632 is it 632 yeah 639 of ice time in that game total in an overtime game, not even seven minutes each. you've got guys like Sharat doing 3430. Uh, Edmondson at 2837. Weber at thirty six sixteen, I mean, when you're relying on the older, less mobile guys, teams like Toronto are going to start to feast on you, and they they were really pushing the play, and they controlled the play. Once Ducharme shortened that blue line, they uh, I don't mind that I, I
1: didn't mind him doing that. I I just felt you should have waited, Kulak. Sitting Kulak when you need goals, I don't think it's the right thing to do. Uh, same with Gustavin, really, if you think of it. A, a a offensive defenseman. Um, but I at least would have waited till shorten the bench to at least the way they shorten it to put your your big stay at home guys out till after I had the 2 nothing lead. So, I mean, a third pair D usually gets what, 13 to 15 minutes a game?
0: In an uh, overtime game that goes to about the end of the first overtime, maybe you'll get twenty. Maybe,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, but six minutes is just, under seven minutes, is just ridiculous for a third. I Are you telling go- me that
0: Romanov can't do that?
1: Listen, I, I would, if Rom- Romanov will not be in Game Seven, I'm not even going dis- to Well, I'm not even going to debate this. I'm not going to discuss it. He will not be in Game Seven. You're, I think they're going to go back to Kulak and Merrill. And you're going to see. No, Merrill's, Merrill's Merrill's injured. For oh, Hurst, so you, you'll yeah. stick with Kulak and, and Gustafson, which yeah. to me is stupid, but I'm Especially not If you're only giving
0: them less than seven minutes ice time each.
1: Yeah.
2: You may as well put to turn I, <laughs> I don't
1: think. The, I don't think that was the plan. Honestly. I, don't think, I don't think the plan was to only give them seven minutes, but the way the game went uh, anyway, I, still
0: seven still. minutes seven.
1: I would At least given I can see Gustafson getting 7 minutes but I could see Kulak uh you know kind of uh rotating in with the guys to give him a little bit of a rest. So I can see Kulak getting about 15 minutes at least and maybe Gustafson eight but yeah. uh
2: the thing is like we talked about the power play and how it did you know Gustafson didn't do anything to improve that and the and the and the one chance that the Leafs had um early on in the game while the Canadians power play shorthanded, it was Gustafson that was back and uh, thank God Suzuki was there or it might've went in the net.
1: Man, it's Suzuki's back checking was on par tonight. He was, he back checked a few times that helped uh, maybe uh, take away a scoring chance from the league. Yeah.
2: But I completely agree with, uh, with Blaine. I, I really think that uh, if you're going to give the guy six minutes, put Romanov into the game, um, put him in put him in like, What's there to lose? Um, you, we look the last two games. You have Suzuki scoring an overtime winner, assisted by Caulfield. And now you got Kakinami tonight. You know those are these are the this is the youth movement that we've been talking about and, and everyone's been talking about for the longest time. You take Romanov, you put him into that game. You got a guy that uh, just hits anything that moves and he does it clean. You know, put him into the game, give him those you know ten minutes or less, and and you will not be disappointed.
1: I mean, put him in game seven now, you're either going to look like a genius. Well, you're not going to look like a genius because you waited too long to put him in. But you're going to put him in, and either he's going to play a big game and help you win the game, or he's not. Yeah. And even if he doesn't play a big game, he's not going to lose you the game. No. No more than what uh, Mer- what Gustafson would do. That's right. Right? So... Yeah. I don't
0: know. I, I don't know even more why we're debating. It's not happening. So yeah. because it's just so asinine. That's right. It is I'm ridiculous not... to play two defensemen, less than seven minutes each, in a friggin' overtime game, while you have your top defensive prospect, who's a rookie, sitting in the stands watching the game and has yeah. not even entered in a playoff game yet yeah, maybe, we, maybe there's something more going on there there could they're very there's well could be, be
2: but we don't know all right there's gotta be but but you look at the, you look at what the youth have done in this series and what they've done say in the last two years give the guys opportunity if he's if he's healthy put him in that's well, all i, can I mean
1: cotton hammy scores four goals last year suzuki leads the team in scoring last year the only reason they built the team the way they did and didn't run out and get a center in the offseason was because of the, the young centers that they had playing last year. So Evans yep. played a, a strong playoff series last year. Yep. They come into this year and they're like, all right, youth, Yeah, we, we want to play the vets. Although, I mean, they're, they're, they're changing. The youth is getting, Cockfield and Suzuki had tons of ice time the last few games. So,
0: yep. Now, granted, Kotkinemi through the season had a hard time. He had a difficult time through the season, but now in the playoffs after missing the first game in five games, he's got three goals, including tonight's overtime winner to take it to game seven. The kid played clutch. He scored the goal. He uh, he's got seven goals in 15 playoff games total. That's nearly a goal. Every other game in the playoffs his goal per game rate in the regular season is about 0.18. Now it's about 0.45, 0.48.
1: He has more career playoff goals than Thomas Tatar.
0: See? <laughs> and he is the clutchest playoff performer ever.
1: I'm just, and Tatar yeah. has
0: 37 playoff games. Yeah, exactly. So. And how many how many playoff goals does uh, Brady Kachuk have? <laughs> just checking, just checking. Play uh, a draft for Zadina, filling nets. Woo! Uh, I love the
1: Kachuk narrative because at the draft, everybody wanted Zadina. Everyone wanted Zadina before the draft. Because I remember saying, I want a Kachuk. Remember, I said, I want Kachuk, but they're going to draft Cotton Yammy, right? I already knew this. Yep, I wrote everyone else, including the what lady. And about everyone we seen at that draft was like, "Oh, Zadina, Zadina's the guy. He's the the high flying forward. That's who we want." And Blaine, you and I were saying, ah,
2: "We seen him in much. Halifax. He got the uh.
0: he's missing stuff. He's
1: missing yeah. So
0: stuff. for what was it, about five months before the draft, I had written an article on Brady Kachuk about how he is my pick. I think the Canadians would take should take him. Blah 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 blah. Then I got crapped on because it's supposed to be Zadina because Zadina is the best. He's the greatest. What do you know, Blaine? You're an idiot. is not wrong.
2: I didn't say that, did I? <laughs>
0: <laughs> From time to time, okay. Not wrong. They, they weren't, but wrong, that's the thing. But... The, it, that draft, that draft year, the vast majority of people talking about that draft wanted Zadina, yeah. but but now conveniently, it's Kachuk. Because Kachuk got himself a couple of decent seasons on a really shitty hockey team.
1: And Zadina played in the minors his first season, and then it's not playing too bad for Detroit right now. Not playing great, but not playing too bad.
0: But if Zadina comes back next year and scores 30 goals, they'll we turn around and Zidina. say, well, we should have picked Zadina. It, it's, it's a moving target. The bottom line is they picked Kotkaniemi, who is the top center. And if you're going to compare two, set, uh, two players from that draft, you go to Barrett Hayton.
1: Yep. I totally fifth. agree.
0: He, he was picked fifth by Arizona. Centers develop differently than wingers, especially when you're playing on teams that are expected to do a little bit more versus teams that are expected to do much less. So I'm sorry, but the kid is built for the playoffs. He's a big bodied center and he shows up in the playoffs. You want Tatar, that.
1: Tatar gets you there and Cotton Yemi gets you through.
0: It, yes. He is a a player that will win you games in the playoffs. He did that for Finland in in international play. He's doing it for Montreal now. Not just because he scored an overtime goal tonight, but because he scores goals through the playoffs, playing a physical style. He is a power center come playoff time. You can't keep that pace up through a regular season. So he's going to have peaks and valleys, but come playoff time, the kid shows up. You know, he's six foot two growing into his frame. He's gonna be uh, I guess by the by the time he's 23, probably closer to six two and a half to six three, playing at about a two fifteen to two twenty. That's gonna be that's a big kid. So why not hand the team over to these guys? Suzuki scored the overtime the last one. Cut can on this one. Caulfield was dangerous every time he touches the puck the entire time he's been in the series.
1: This is an interesting stat I just read. That uh, goal by number fifteen was scored at fifteen fifteen. It was the fifteenth shot of the overtime period.
0: It was meant to be.
1: Trag Wilson with his deep stats.
0: <laughs> that, was, that
1: was Sports Mom that put that. That out. is
2: that is some deep deep analytics. <laughs> I, I read Sports
1: Mom who follows me on Twitter. She put that out, so I'm not taking the credit for her tweet. I'm just I'm just reading it. I don't want her, you know, I don't want everyone shitting on me because I've,
0: someone thought I took credit for someone else's tweet. So. <laughs> uh, I'd like to point out that we had an inside man at the game. Ah. Uh, Brian, Brian Wiley. He uh, he was at the game with his son. They uh, they had a blast. <clears throat> Some people kind of chirped him a little bit because his son is a uh, Toronto fan. Uh, come on, you know, that's his kid, guys. Let's, let's up. He's going to
1: root for whoever he wants to root for.
0: Exactly.
1: At least he wasn't kicked out for wearing a Toronto jersey.
0: Unlike Tampa, Tampa Bay. <laughs> <clears throat> and there was there was a good contingent of Leaf fans in there. Uh, the only thing I could say about the Leaf fans that were at the game was I didn't appreciate the yelling of "Go Leafs Go" during the national anthem. Yeah,
2: that was a bit of a dick move.
0: Yeah. But that's that's one or two drunken idiots, and I'm not going to paint an entire fan base yeah. over two morons.
2: Yeah. And- you can tell it was the same guy or same person, be same people the whole time, yeah. right? So during the anthem, guy. during the anthem, shut the fuck up. That's all I can say. Yeah. Don't the paint passion everyone runs, the same runs deep. Yeah. The
1: passion runs deep in these two fan bases.
2: Yeah.
1: And this rivalry is strong. Okay. You can wait till
2: the last line of O Canada, and then we all know as hockey fans that they write in crowd noise at the end
0: yeah
2: (laughs) right (laughs) other than that keep your mouth shut
0: so i'm not going to paint an entire fan base with a brush of two morons or three morons just like leaf fans who are hate following us now shouldn't paint all habs fans because of us three morons Although I'd like to thank them for listening. And remember, use the code UNFILTER20 if you're going to be buying anything from uh, BuiltBar.com. Anything from East Coast Lifestyle. At BuiltBar you'll save 10%. East Coast Lifestyle, you save 20%. And now our newest sponsor, SeatGiant.ca. You use the code UNFILTER20, you save 35% off your fees when you buy tickets. Show us, Leaf fans. Show us how much you hate us by using our codes to save you money.
2: So you got to think, dirty rat. If, if someone would have bought tickets to this Canadians game at like nine grand, and you take thirty five percent off those off those uh, off those fees, you're, you're you're saving some money. Yeah, it's, de- <laughs> it's now
0: under nine grand. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. you're down you're, closer to about seven.
2: Yeah, you're welcome. Ooh, I don't think you're down that. Thirty
0: five percent of nine.
2: It's not nine though. <laughs> it's not nine.
0: And I'm not saying that we we would profit from this, but we're here to help you. That's right. So use the code Unfilter20 when you're ever at seatgiant.ca, builtbar.com, or East Coast Lifestyle and save yourself some money. Wait, you guys are getting paid? Yeah.
1: <laughs> when did this start?
0: <laughs> well, we give you, you get paid in uh, shirts from Baby Gap.
1: I got an autograph book from terry ryan that's all i've gotten out of this <laughs> podcast
0: <laughs> did he put the uh, what i asked him to inscribe in there i don't remember tregg buy clothes that fit love terry no no he didn't no I, this did
1: fit this used to fit now covid <laughs> made me fat so it don't fit no more
2: you could have just said it's all it's all the gym salaries <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> i was gonna say to one guy i was gonna say this is what happens when you actually know where your gym is <laughs> but i i don't know he said my son was my son's shirt so i just asked him why he was
0: worried about why my what clothes my kids wear so all right what? so we're at about uh we're, we're rambling on we're at about 30 minutes for this show after post game uh the canadians have forced the game seven something that uh leaf fans sure as heck didn't expect they thought that the leafs are going to walk away with this series especially when they were up 3-1 so yeah. this has bought us two more days of peace and quiet on social media. Oh,
1: Chris Ferreira, if you're out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard much from you lately. I'm just curious if you're all right. I just want to know if you're all right. That's all. I, I think to Chris, you're all right, buddy.
0: Chris shut, uh, shut down his uh, social media. I just want to know if you're okay.
1: We still get that bet going on. If I win, you can, you can give it to charity. I don't want it. And if you win, I will give it to you or wherever you want it to go.
0: Speaking of which, the Montreal Canadiens have just forced Habs Unfiltered to donate another $25 to their Montreal Canadiens children's charity. It's painful. It hurts to hand over $75 now. Um, It would really suck if the Montreal Canadiens forced us to pay $100 after Monday. I would really hate that.
1: That's 33 bucks each.
0: Well, that's all that money is from leaf fans who are using our promo codes.
2: So thank you for that. So yeah. thank
0: you. The children. Thank you guys. We don't make much money on this show, but what we do make, we hand over to charity.
1: Usually blamed beer fun, but this time we're actually going to hand it over to charity. <laughs>
0: When you get pay raises at work, you can afford beer on the side. Anyway,
1: back to the game. It's getting late. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, what a shitty overtime that was! Oh, like that was that was horrible. horrible. Yeah. I don't uh, know.
2: I, I my heart the whole time. Yes, I was just dying, and I'm really happy that uh, I'm really happy that they they ended it like they did. I'm sorry, but I'm sorry to everyone in my neighborhood that. I heard those yells. Nobody was murdered. Swear to God, it was just me. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: That overtime. I mean, Montreal shot shot thirteen to two. I believe in overtime.
2: Yeah,
1: Uh, yeah. wasn't even close. Toronto dominated that overtime. I mean, I think I uh, DM'd you guys saying it's been ten minutes. Montreal doesn't even have a shot. Yeah. Uh, But uh, Carey Price held us in. Played an excellent game. Matter of fact, he had a nine fifty two save percentage in tonight's game. Uh, trash what a piece of trash so terrible fucking trade him now we gave a lot of props to Campbell early in the game but you know what Carry Price came up with some big saves, and if it wasn't for Jeff Petrie we probably would have had the shutout uh but uh <laughs> that's true Petrie yeah. wanted to make it interesting I guess can't score on Leafs net so he said uh ah, might as well tip stuff in on this net um he was doing the chariot from last year yeah, in the shot in the playoffs last year, everything was going in off him in the Philadelphia yeah. series, um, and I'm not blaming Petrie. The second one literally went off the toe of his skate, uh, and you know, a defenders going to do what he can do to whatever. But Carey Price, man, I don't care what anyone says. I was just had a conversation with someone. She said uh, Price is all you have. You're not going to make it. All the le- all the, the halves have. You're not going to make it right. I was like, and all right he's,
2: he's part of the team
1: yeah i'll ride harry price right to the stanley right. cup if that's, that's what the
2: way cares. i see it. you know like a lot of people say that about price when he gets on then you know he's the only reason why he's the only reason why i, I you don't know what? he's he's on the team
1: yeah
2: right who cares it, it it doesn't matter it's the same thing as all the other people that say well look at um you know, look at Kucherov or look at Matthews or look at McDavid or look at any of these, you know, these are all high, high paid players as well. Who gives a shit? Montreal's got theirs. They got their star. It's not a guy that's going to put the puck in the net, but he's sure as hell going to stop it.
1: Edmonton star didn't show up and they got swept. Toronto star isn't showing up and they're going to a game seven against a team. People felt they should have beat in five games, four
0: Four or five, Uh, yeah, yeah. four or
1: five games. So hell, if those stars showed up, yeah. uh, Edmonton and Toronto were playing themselves next week. Playing playing each other <laughs> next
0: week.
2: <laughs> a Sportsnet's job. <laughs> That's
0: right. <laughs> yeah. And not a word out of Sportsnet about Carey Price. I mean, Carey Price, Never here, mentioned where the hell he was, are you guys? He was the second star of the game tonight. Yeah. Should have
1: been the first star. If I was picking stars, he would have been the first yeah. star.
0: Well, the but, overtime uh, winner always gets the first star. Uh, yeah, I
1: know. But... Yeah. Uh, um, Sportsnet never even meant they, they went on about how well Campbell was keeping big saves by Campbell to keep Toronto in the game. Uh, now that they're tied, and nothing about Carey Price and how he literally kept Montreal in the game in overtime. Yeah. Although I will say, there wasn't a lot of high... There wasn't a lot of traffic in front of him in overtime, and a lot of the Toronto shots weren't really...
2: He had a very uh, active, active glove tonight. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Very active glove.
0: He made that really nice a glove save off a deflection early in the yeah. game
2: yes yeah
0: um he tra- he was tracking the puck extremely well like you said he had a, over a 950 save percentage tonight and for everyone that was saying Kerry price is done well he's not no we Wh- we got to put him on
1: mean? litr for the regular season like tampa does with stamkos and kucherov and then just put him <laughs> in the playoffs
0: That'd be fine. I'd be That'd okay be with that.
2: Yeah,
1: ten and a half million you can play with until the playoffs come, and then you have all these star power in the playoffs with Carey Price.
2: Yeah, and the cap and the cap don't count in the playoffs. That's what I mean. That's right. Yeah.
0: All right. So the Canadians have forced a Game Seven. They have won back-to-back overtime games, and we are going to do another post-game show, or our regularly scheduled show come Tuesday. In that episode, we are going to have Brian Wiley, who was at the game tonight. So he's going to give us a little bit of a lowdown on the atmosphere at the game, the, uh, the atmosphere leading up to the game, everything that was outside, how, what it was like inside. And judging by some of the DMs, he said, I, yeah, I was going to post some videos, but you couldn't hear me scream because I lost my voice after the second.
1: It sounded pretty loud in there, even though there was only twenty five hundred people. It sounded like it was almost a full house. It was very loud. It was very uh, until the Leafs tied it, but uh, um, it got quiet. But that goal, it was deafening in there, from what I heard on my television, uh, when they caught Emmy score that goal,
0: ridiculously loud for such a small group. This is this is exactly what I was hoping would happen for the Canadians to force. A game to have the fans in and then to watch watch them do so well for most of the game and then to have such an exciting finish you couldn't have asked for a better script for the fans in that in that building um to have waited so long for a game in person with the way the vaccination rates are going across canada now it's looking like possibly Christmas time and then everything's going to return to normal. So we'll be able to travel again. We'll be able to cross provincial borders without military exemptions. (laughs) We, you know, we'll, we'll be able to go back to normal. And that's, this was a little taste of that.
1: So I don't have to hide my face in public anymore. Sorry. Sorry, public. (laughs) I'm no Matt. I'm no Matt
0: Smith. True,
1: but, but the good
0: news is you'll be uh, you'll be posted to Montreal, and then we're gonna just come stay at your house,
2: sure.
1: yeah, yeah. I'll be posted. That's not till next July, though. So,
2: yeah, I might be deployed, but we'll see.
1: Coming, I... Montreal, <laughs> coming, McLean's pub. I'm coming. I want my own seat.
0: <laughs> I owe Jimmy Murphy a couple of shots, yeah. and I promised, I promised Shane over, uh, over at uh at uh, mclean's pub that i was going to buy a couple buckets of labat 50
1: i told shane i was gonna, just going to get those big uh draft
0: uh oh, the big oh towers. Big yeah big towers yeah well that's uh, what we're starting with and so john uh, lou,
1: also john lou and uh brian mudrick want to go out after a game for
2: for a
0: pint who doesn't want to hang out with a bunch of sailors yeah, oh, and then we can
2: that we can go to that other that place we went last time we went out and like get pretend at like four o'clock in the morning shaperie yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, it was it was it was really good. It's all had poutine. The poutine was great
0: and the dancers were so entertaining.
2: There's a lot of rum that night, let's just say that. Uh, all start, right, so
0: I'm gonna have we're to rambling now. Again. We're rambling now. We should end the show here. I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh the Canadians are going to game seven. And remember, if you were talking about it, so are we. Do you have a problem getting big city
1: slams? Are you not getting the gains at the gym? Well, don't mortgage your future on rental supplements. Get Bergy Bur- Burg- Arms. Arms will get you the gains you need. Bergy Arms gets rid of all the bad attitude and builds better characters so you can get the gains you need. Get Bergy Arms. Bergy Today. Not a real product. May make you trade your favorite player for a mountain man. Do not use... If you're healthy, if you want loyalty, buy a dog.